Hello, Camden Haven Growth Group leaders. Today we're looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. And our opening question is this, quote, How would you describe a thriving church? Unquote. This question is designed to lay a foundation for the entire study. In this study, we're looking at the identity and purpose of the local church founded in Jesus Christ. And this question is designed to help your group begin talking about what a thriving church looks like. You might also like to describe your own experience of being a part of a thriving church in Jesus Christ with a solid foundation in him. I then encourage you to read the introduction. Since we're not going through a sermon series together, and since my sermon will be a topical message, I provided a short introduction here. Quote, Peter's first epistle to the elect, strangers of the world, scattered throughout Asia Minor, is a call to embrace the sufferings of Christ as the path to glory. Our endurance in Christ is strengthened when we understand our identity and purpose in Him." Unquote. After you read the introduction, I then encourage you to read the scripture for today, focusing on verses 4 and 5, 9 and 10. And so we read 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 10. And then we turn to the second question, quote, How valuable is the stone in the eyes of God and men? Unquote. Now this stone here is a metaphor for Jesus Christ in verse 4. And there are two responses to this stone. One response is from God. The stone is precious and chosen in the eyes of God. But also the people of Israel, the men, respond to the stone with rejection. And so how valuable is the stone to God? Well, he's very precious. But unfortunately, the people of Israel, the majority of them, did not receive the living stone, Jesus Christ. This brings us to the third question. Quote, who is this stone? And how is it a living stone? Well, we've also already learned that the stone is Jesus Christ. And there's some scriptures there from Matthew and 1 Corinthians to help you understand more about this stone. Jesus is also described as the rock in the New Testament. But the point is, you want to help the people understand that the stone is a metaphor for our Messiah, King, Jesus Christ. But what makes him a living stone? Well, he's a living stone because he is not dead. He is risen. Christ is living because he's risen from the dead. This brings us to the fourth question. What are we becoming when we come to Christ? Well, in verses 4 and 5, we learn that we too are living stones. When we come to Christ, we are given the status of living stones and are bound to Jesus Christ and are made into a sacred house, a spiritual house. This house is not located in a geo uh, geographical space like the old temple in Jerusalem. This house is found throughout the entire world. Why? Because who else are believers being united to when we are united with Christ the living stone? Each other. All those who are united with Christ become living stones 
And when we gather together in Christian community, we become a spiritual house together. A spiritual house designed to bless the entire world. We are where God's presence on earth. We are where God's presence on earth is located. When we gather together in Christian community, we become a spiritual temple. And so, when we also come to Jesus Christ, we come to other Christians. And this brings us to the seventh question. Quote, Peter describes believers as a holy priesthood. What are we set apart to do as priests in Christ Jesus? Unquote. And so in verse 5 there, you'll learn that we are a holy priesthood set apart by God to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Now, there's some scriptures there designed to help you understand what it looks like for you to be a priesthood of all believers who offer spiritual sacrifices to God. This brings us to question eight. How does God view our carnal works apart from Christ? Remember that our spiritual sacrifices are only acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so there's some Old Testament scriptures here designed to show us what our carnal works apart from Christ might look like before God. Let me put it this way. They are like dirty rags. Only when our works are washed clean by the blood of Christ are they acceptable to God. Only when our works are done empowered by the Holy Spirit do they please our great and holy God. This brings us to question 9. Peter views the church as a new type of Israel. He uses these descriptions to describe Israel. Verse 9, quote, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, unquote. My question is this. What does our newfound identity depend upon? And I would like you to look at verse 10. Our newfound identity as this new Israel in the body of Jesus Christ is founded upon the mercy of God. You might also like to look at Hosea. That also explains that we are only God's people due to the mercy found in God and revealed to us in Jesus Christ. And our final question is verse 10. What is the church's chief purpose when gathered and scattered? And it is to praise God. To be people who praise God, not just when gathered together in Christian community, but when we are scattered abroad. And so worship and evangelism is embedded in this truth of praising God. Our chief purpose is to be people of doxology, and our doxology should overflow into evangelism. The study closes with a prayer. Quote, Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing who we are called to be and what we are called to do in Christ. Please help us to continue to thrive in our identity and purpose as we endure until eternal glory. Amen.